Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're going to hear from Anthony, who's making about $600 per month with a site that he's been working on for about six months. And Anthony's not going to join me live, but I sent over some questions so he can answer them for me. So I'm going to read those out and give some uh, commentary along the way, and perhaps someday I will be able to get Anthony on. I do want to, uh, I guess, tell Anthony cheers. I'm opening up a beer right now and pouring it. Hopefully, you could probably hear a little bit of that. But it's the afternoon time frame. It's a very warm day in the 90s Fahrenheit. I just worked out. And I thought, hey, it'd be really good to have a Breckenridge lager, a Breck lager. It's a golden and refreshing uh, with a crisp finish. Golden and refreshing with a crisp finish. And this appears to be what? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the specific kind of lager, but it's a good one. It's great for the warm summertime. So cheers, Anthony. Really do appreciate you sharing your story. And before I get into it, I do want to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner, and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your your site. It makes it load faster, and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high page insight score, then it's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the site speed accelerator. Now, a few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the site speed accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically, those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately, but it's included with the site speed accelerator. There's a free seven day trial. So I encourage you to check it out. And again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party. But basically, if you use a CDN, that is what you do. That That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS and things are loading sort of outside of your normal registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit. And I do it myself. So I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator, so you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus, you have a much faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. I've been pretty impressed with the, the listeners out there. People have been emailing me more and more as I'm asking you know, for help on content that's coming up. And Anthony actually has been a, a person that I've emailed several times. I'm not sure if Anthony's listened to the show from the very beginning, but I know he's been on the email list for Niche Site Project, and he and I have just emailed back and forth on, on little topics here and there. 
And like I said, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with uh, just the listenership out there. It's pretty awesome. And he got back to me on one of the recent questions, basically on having guests that are pushing a book or selling a product and essentially making the rounds. They're trying to get on as many shows as possible. And I just, I haven't figured out exactly what to do with those folks, but I think um, I'm pushing them away pretty well now that I have a, a paid option and people just want free promotion. But I'm protecting you audience from those people that are just trying to take advantage of us. So anyway, Anthony um, has been just a good, a good listener. And one of the things I actually spoke to him before, because occasionally I'll do promos, especially around Black Friday. And what I like to do, this is a little behind the scenes. What I like to do is offer a bonus for people that purchase something through my affiliate link. Often, affiliates, uh, there's many affiliates out there pushing the same products and there's no differentiation. So if I push something and a bunch of my peers and friends push the same product, there's no difference, right? You could buy it from any of the people and it really doesn't matter. You really don't pay attention or, you know, work on getting credit to a certain affiliate for the product. So what I do is I say, Hey, I'm going to offer something you can't get anywhere else, which typically, you know, the, the, the best thing that I like to do is do like a 15 minute call with someone. So if you buy a website through an affiliate link, for example, then maybe I do a 15 minute call with you and maybe I layer it on. So there's several products that you can purchase and you could potentially get up to an hour of time chatting with me. So those are the kind of promos that I do and they work really well because no one else can sell, sell my time and it, it's a huge differentiator. So just little tip, if you ever get into the affiliate marketing space, just in general, you have the potential to do that. Now you have to make sure the rules are don't prohibit that, but generally if I'm selling a software or you know some other service from one of my friends, typically that's fine. I'll usually ask, but most people are like, sure, you want to give away free stuff? That's cool with me. I don't really care. If you're you know promoting the product in a in a you know relevant way, as long as it's relevant. So it all fits in. Anyway, I chatted with Anthony way back when, uh, maybe about six months ago, because he bought some stuff through my affiliate link and earned some time. Now, this is going to come into play in a second. So that wasn't completely irrelevant. I'm telling you that for a reason. The other thing I'll mention is I sent over success story questions to Anthony. And basically, it's been a time crunch for me lately. Uh, I've been traveling a little bit. I've been working a lot, writing scripts, shooting videos, doing stuff, just doing a lot of work. So I, I was like, I knew he was in a faraway land out of Australia. So I knew time zones would be a little bit difficult. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send you the questions and we'll take it from there. So if you're interested in actually like hearing more from Anthony, shoot me an email, let me know. And I'm just going to get into it. So these are the, the questions that I typically send out just as talking points, pre-interview questions, typically just so if I'm going to interview someone for a success story, they kind of have an idea what we're going to be talking about and they'll be prepared. So 
what is your name and current job or profession? So Anthony is a high school teacher. How did you get started building niche websites and how long have you been building websites in general? He's been doing, I'll read it in, in his, I'll just read this, this out so I don't have to rephrase it. I've been doing online business for about three years now, although I've only been doing niche sites for about 18 months. I actually started with absolutely no idea with what I was doing and launched a fashion label, more specifically a bow tie label where I made designs and stuff like that. The only reason I picked bow ties was if I looked back and was like, remember the last time or remember that time I started a bow tie business? What the fuck was with that? And then the story is funny enough to live with. <laughs> yeah. So a little, little odd. Um, I don't, well, I just wear like t-shirts most of the time. Back to Anthony. Anyway, a part of that was doing my own content marketing, which I really liked. By that stage, I had already been a hobby sports writer for about six months, but writing for SEO is completely different than the never-ending news cycle of the NBA. To cut a long story short, I sold the label for a loss, but I learned a hell of a lot. I then played around doing some freelance work, which I still do, before starting my first niche site in January 2019. By November of that year, I was able to sell the site for about $15,000 and use that to pay off credit cards and start more sites. I still do some writing work too. Next. So tell us about one of your sites and he shared some analytics and earnings and stuff like that. I, of course, will keep the the site private, but he's earning about $600 a month. And when you look at the trajectory, obviously, I'm going to have to do my job as a podcaster here to explain the earnings are going up each month. And the first couple months, it looks like it wasn't very much, not very much money maybe 10 bucks, something like that. The graph is so compressed that I can't even really tell how much that is. And then as time goes on, I see in April and May, it is probably 400 and then $600. So pretty good growth. And in January, like I said, of 2020, was probably like 10 or 15 bucks, something like that. So great growth. And we also see a Google search console piece of data. And there is just steady growth going from very little traffic, very few clicks to, um, you know, much higher, much higher. So I could follow up with Anthony later, perhaps for another interview and just to maybe figure out exactly how many visitors he's getting per day. So how much money do you make from this website per month? And it is about $600 per month. This is a longer answer coming up. So what is the reason for this website success? There can be a few reasons. For starters, because my freelance rate is significantly more than I'd pay a writer for my new site, I can maximize my time. For example, I have one client I still work with on a very big site um, that Anthony Ghost writes for, and he gets around $130 per article. So I use that revenue to buy and publish four articles, sometimes more if I go cheap. So this is Doug, I'm going to interrupt here and say, so he's doing work and he's getting paid a very good rate. He's making $130 an article and then he can buy more content with that money. So he's 
doing a little triage situation here. I also think outside or arbitrage, not triage, arbitrage. I think that's the, the right term there. I also think outside of the box when it comes to keywords, I have reader personas, kind of like a buyer persona, which is basically my ideal reader. This helps the content strategy and keyword strategy. I research keywords that solve problems that a person would have along with the basic keyword and competitor analysis. And I write my articles like I'm talking directly to that persona. Granted, you can't get that on every article you outsource, but it still helps. Third, the niche is improving with COVID-19. However, I don't consider that a major factor for a few reasons. The search volume is the same as this time last year for key terms. The specific niche is somewhat impacted, but not as much as you would think. So it's not, you know, a huge impact overall. And who knows? I mean, honestly, it's hard to tell like what's going on right now. Number three, people have less money to shop for things that aren't necessary. Number four, other sites are way bigger than mine. And number five, Amazon cut rates. And during the Amazon commission rate change, by the way, Anthony's earnings are still climbing. And another little tangent here, I was just texting with Christy, who's been on the show several times and has done some writing at Niche Site Project. She just texted me and said that her earnings are not only as good as they were last month, they're going to be going up. So things are going pretty well. And I think, you know, when things recover, we may be in okay shape. Number six. So this is another question here. Share your overall strategy for finding the niche, getting traffic to the site, ranking in Google, and making money from niche sites. So this is pretty cool. I bought a site. This is Anthony talking. I bought a site from Human Proof Designs during the Black Friday sale, and he used my affiliate link. And what he likes about the Human Proof Designs HPD sites is the general domain name. The original niche from the site wasn't even a main part of the site anymore. So basically, he's, he's moved over. He's, he's shifted it. His strategy for choosing a site was as follows. I needed a yes for both of these questions. Is the site ranking for any keywords already? And number two, the best case scenario, if it was to get a huge to the point where being an anonymous business is no longer viable, would you want to be known as the face of the business of that niche? Would, do you want to be that guy? For example... My previous site, which I won't, oh, I think I could mention it here. My previous site was about book summaries. And the reason I sold it was I didn't ever see myself being Anthony, the nonfiction book summary guy, which makes sense to me. My strategy for traffic has been twofold. I've definitely been doing KGR keywords, keyword golden ratio content, which has the obvious benefits, but I've also tackled some huge keywords too. My theory is that my site will take a few months of crawling and page optimization to rank for huge keywords regardless, so I may as well start that process early. I, if I know a fish won't bite for six months, I'm putting the line in as early as possible. He says that's a terrible analogy. Granted, these articles aren't ranking too well yet, but they're showing improvement. That's pretty cool. And by the way, I... 
adopt a similar strategy. That is what I teach to really aim mostly for low competition, long tail keywords like KGR type terms, and also publish content that has, I don't know, it's going to be harder. It's a lot more competition, bigger search volumes, but over time, you may be able to rank for those, especially as your site ages, as you are ranking for better or ranking better for terms that are less competitive, and hopefully your whole site will get pushed up because of that. Next question is about mistakes. So any mistakes that we can learn from? Don't order too much content that you can't keep up with it. I thought I found the best cheap writers and I was ordering so much content and I didn't pick up on the fact that three quarters of their work was horseshit. So if it sounds too good to be true, it is. I can also back back up that statement. Also, this is an unrelated site, but a more practical piece of advice. If you decide to make your homepage a best X for Y style article on your main keyword, definitely remember to turn the Yoast settings off that tells Google not to rank pages and don't sit around for six weeks why wondering why your site has tanked. So basically, there's a um, there's a setting. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure if I follow that 100%. So making the homepage an affiliate article, basically, and yeah, I was going to say there's a setting on Yoast that sometimes if people don't want to quote launch their site yet, you can like not not index the site in Google, and Yoast will tell Yo Google. Yoast will tell Google not to index your site. I never tell people to do that anyway. Just there's no huge advantage. You may as well just put it out there. Number eight, this is what keyword tips can you offer? Check your competition. And if you use a tool that tells you your competition, also find your competition's competition. That will give you a wide range of sites to look at and plenty of ideas for keywords. It's kind of like checking your resources and those resources when writing a college paper. So yeah, great analogy there. And yeah, I think this is a fine strategy Tools like SEMrush and Hrefs do this. So you'll end up seeing other sites that are your competition, essentially, probably the the top five or 10 of those. And then you can keep going down the rabbit hole and finding more and more of the competition out there. And by the way, just because there's competition is not bad. You actually want to see competition. Usually that indicates a mature market and plenty of plenty of readers and visitors out there that can come to your site. What content tips can you offer? Write to someone in particular. That's the benefit of using personas. Consider getting experience writing for someone else. You won't earn 130 articles, $130 per article right away, but you can gain a lot of experience working with editors. Go straight to good job boards like Pro Blogger that have high paying sites available on there. The quality of your instructions will always correlate with the quality of the articles you outsource. And I've found this to be true as well. And, you know, the more info you can give your writer, the better the content is going to be when you get it back. Just it's the way it is. And if you can give your writer an outline and perhaps a list of resources, you've done a lot of the work for them, or at least 
a lot of the work that will help them deliver. Obviously, the writing is is the big part of the work. But if you can if you can get them more information, it's really really helpful. What link building tips can you offer? I have a writer that I hired that replies to Haro emails. So help a reporter out emails. She's been doing it for a few months and I usually get three to five links per month. It takes a bit of back and forth to get it right. One time she replied with my name to an article about sex toys and I was like, dude, I'm a teacher. Fucking email them back and tell them not to consider that submission. I thought that was pretty funny. But this is awesome. Obviously, we just published a, we being me, just published a episode on Haro and how people are using it effectively. And I've sort of discounted it and didn't pay attention. And here, Anthony has been outsourcing it. And essentially, I'm going to have to find out what his process is and what he has the writer doing. I mean, that's amazing to get three to five links per month. I'm curious how many hours it takes the writer to do this and what's the average cost per link and some of the other details, but that's pretty amazing. So that's a, that is a tip that I have not heard. And then I've heard it twice in the last two weeks. How has the success of this website impacted your life? I was able to sell my first site and pay back credit card loans and the rest of my car. So he was able to uh, just pay off some debt, which is awesome. Really awesome. Do you have any additional tips or advice for others that want to replicate your success with their own sites? Seriously, give the reader persona thing a try. It helps. You can even put it at the top of your instructions for writers, although most of the time it won't change too much. Don't get writers to write the intro or conclusion to an article. Doing that yourself will give the article a better feel to it and will stop lazy writers from overloading the intro and conclusion with words. And his example is you could buy, you potentially would buy a thousand word article and 400 words are the intro and outro, which I mean, I've, I've definitely seen that done. And finally, if you can freelance at the same time, I try it out. Working with other editors and sites can give you insight onto how others run their sites. And I always ask, where can people follow you? And, you know, where, where do you want people to find you? So he has nothing to sell. If he sees people online, he's happy to chat, but he wants to stay under the radar Smart man, Anthony, smart man. That is typically my advice. You probably heard me say that to people before. Every now and then, some uh, generous soul is like, yeah, man, here's my uh, email and you can hit me up on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, my family members could barely get in touch with me on Facebook these days. There's so many, so many like friend requests and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, If you want to hear more from Anthony, shoot me an email. Let me know what extra questions, what other questions you want me to ask him about. I am probably going to dig in deeper with this Haro thing and see what we could do with it. It sounds like a pretty promising area and the fact that a lot of people are having such success with it, a lot being the two that emailed me. (laughs) But the fact is, if you can get um, like like uh, Anthony is saying, you can get a few links 
Um, how many is he getting? Three to five. If you can get three to five per month and just kind of have that going on like an ongoing basis, obviously over time, over a couple years, you have quite a few links. And then if you escalate this a little bit, what if you have two writers on it? Perhaps I'm not sure if there's enough queries for the topics, but I wonder how much you could scale it up, how many other mentions you can get. At some point, it may not be, you know, you end up with some diminishing returns, but it could be very useful to just have those links coming in and if it's relatively hands-off. Now, I'm not sure in this case if Anthony is writing the responses or if the writer's writing the responses and generally handling, you know, what's going on. When you couple this together with the, you know, the, the previous episode, you may have a, you know, a tighter process. So pretty awesome. Thanks again to Anthony for sharing his story. And I think I'm going to hit a couple questions at the end here. So let me, let me find some here. I found a couple questions from my man, Fed. And Fed was another kind soul that sent me an email to let me know what he thought about interviewing regular folks on the show and success stories, much like Anthony's, or people that are hawking their books. And as you know, people really want to hear success stories and regular folks. They really don't want to have someone hawking their products unless there's a good story and maybe a lesson. You know, if it's a good guest, that trumps everything. But anyway, a little inside uh, inside my brain here. When someone actually takes the time to send an email, I am so grateful. It helps me a lot to understand what people want. It's directly from the audience and it's fantastic. So typically I reply back. And if you have sent me an email, usually you get a reply back, yes. But also I often, not always, not 100% of the time, but I will often ask, hey, if you want me to cover anything, let me know. What Do you have any topics, any questions? And Fed sent me like five. Some of them are a little um, sort of longer. I think I covered some in a previous episode. So I'm going to, you know, kind of, I can't remember which ones. I, I need a better system. But there were a few questions here that I think are really relevant. And if I did mention them before, forgive me. I'll probably say something slightly different. <laughs> And he says this, I know that you're starting a new site soon in my new course and uh, Fed would be interested to hear if I'm starting a brand new domain or if I'm buying an aged one. What would I do to get it out of the sandbox faster and build your domain authority so that you become more competitive? So as I read that out, I think I did answer this one before, but I'll just repeat it again. And maybe I didn't answer it before, but again, I need a better tracking system for this stuff. But basically, I'm starting with a new domain. However, here's the thing. It was actually used in the past. So I came up with a few domain names. By the way, I don't put a huge amount of time into picking domain names. I just try to find something brandable. I'm not super concerned with trying to get keywords in there or anything like that. However, in this case, I actually did find one that had um, some keywords and it was a domain 
that was built in the, or sorry, it was a domain that was used in the past, but it basically fizzled out. The person did not renew it. I didn't search for this on expired domains list or anything like that. I just came up with a domain name and it was available. And one thing that I always do is check the web archive, the Wayback Machine, to see if anything existed. I want to take a look at it, make sure it didn't get spammed. And then the other thing is I want to make sure that the backlink profile, if there is one, doesn't have anything weird and spammy. So I took a look and it seems like this person tried to run the site for a few years, didn't really get much traction, and then let the domain go. Happens all the time. Happens every day, every single day. So it looked clean and I picked it up. I think there were like one or two links ever. And I think some of them disappeared because the sites don't exist anymore. So basically it's a brand new domain, even though it had a site there on it for years, there wasn't much content and I consider it a brand new domain. So as far as getting it out of the sandbox faster and build the domain authority, that's not really a concern of mine. So the sandbox is going to take six months and it's going to take six months. There's really nothing you can do about it. You can publish content that has a lower competition level. Again, we've talked about it a little bit already today. Keyword golden ratio, long tail keywords. And I hope to get traffic early on through low competition keywords. However, at the end of the day, as soon as I start, six months, as soon as I start working on the site, six months is going to start. And then I've talked about it before. There seems to be perhaps another 12 month sort of sandbox where things can grow as well. And I'm not too worried about it. My general idea about this is I'm not trying to make money as soon as I can in six months. I'm fortunate enough that I, that is okay. If it takes a little bit longer to make more money, then it's fine. It's not a huge deal for me. If, you know, if it is a huge deal for you, then you probably should, you know, shift how you're working on things. If, if you're like, Hey, I got to make money as soon as possible. You should probably follow Anthony's advice and do some freelancing. You could do some writing. You probably have other skills. And if you need money fast, building a website is not a fast way to earn money unless you have a lot of skills ahead of time. And I mean, the fact is, if you're, if you're trying to build a niche site earning from affiliate income or display ads, it's going to take a little while to get, get that traffic and get the earnings up. There's no, there's no real shortcut these days. In fact, yeah, I'd be interested if anyone knows of a shortcut, please let me know. But I doubt there's a shortcut. The other question is, what is your strategy to get your new site to make money quickly? How much info content versus money content posts? And will I write it or outsource it? So just to be clear, I'm building this site inside the course multi-profit site that I recently launched. And my strategy to get this new site to make money quickly. Again, 
low competition KGR type terms. And I am not super concerned with making a lot of money quickly. That is not my goal. I'm not making, I'm not sending out expectations that that's going to happen. I'll be happy if I can get some traffic on the site and earn some money. I have potentially alluded to it in previous episodes, but I, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or a podcast, but I'm actually selecting a very competitive area because again, I'm not necessarily looking to make as much money as I can as soon as possible. Usually that that will lead to weird decisions and maybe not the best decisions. As far as info content versus review type content, I'm probably going to aim for 60% info, roughly 60 to 70% info content, and about uh, the remainder is money content or review posts. Will I write it or outsource it? At this point in time, in June of 2020, before I've started anything, I think I'm probably going to write half of the initial content. And I'm not sure if I will be able to do that. I'm definitely planning on outsourcing half of it, but I am actually interested in the topic and I have opinions on many of the the pieces of content that will be written. So I think I will probably at least write half of it. But I was chatting with my friend, Ron Stefanski, earlier today, and I told him the same thing. And then I realized, hey, there's a solid chance that I may just say, you know what, I have too much work and I'll write 25% of it and then perhaps outsource the rest. Again, I'm in a I'm in a great position. I can afford to hire some writers to do some of the work. I also know I'm not the best writer in the world, but I'm pretty sure I will do a better job than almost any of the writers that I would hire. That is just, you know, kind of like Anthony was talking about writing to a persona and really, you know, understanding what's going on. Because I am into the niche, I can probably write better than just a random person that I hire for an outsourcing gig, you know. All right, last question from Fed here. How will you change focus in three, six, nine, and 12 months? Well, hopefully I'm not changing focus that many times. It'd be all over the fucking place with that. But I I do know I am looking to, I mean, me personally, I assume that's what you're asking. So as far as the the site, I will probably continue publishing and I will probably continue publishing info and money content roughly in the same ratio. And I will be expanding most likely the monetization with that content. There's several pieces that will fit in really nicely for info content to even sell affiliate products, which I go over more extensively in the course. But basically, if you have a how-to info piece of content and you can recommend a product that helps someone do it faster, easier, or cheaper, that's great. You should recommend it. And me personally, what am I going to be focusing on in the next you know, six and 12 months? Well, I'll I'll probably be revamping some of the content on Niche Site Project. So it's been a little while and I've gone up and down with publishing 
more often like I did last fall in 2019. And then here in 2020, things just sort of shifted. I got very busy, did a little more traveling and ended up not publishing nearly as much as I hoped. I was actually planning on continuing publishing a lot of content on Niche Site Project. And then I didn't. I think I published like two things this whole year. And ironically, the the traffic dipped a little bit in January. There was a Google algorithm update in January and the traffic dipped a little bit. Then I did nothing. I proceeded to do nothing about it. Didn't change anything. Didn't, didn't touch it. And then in May of 2020, an algorithm update came around again and then the traffic went up. So tra- traffic is going up on Niche Site Project even though I didn't do anything. So I do know that I do want to publish more content. I will likely get some help doing that so that I can focus on other areas, which include more courses. So I do like teaching. And I mean, the fact is I like creating niche sites and I like having them around. It's how I got started. It's good to be in the trenches building sites. One of the reasons why I'm building a site in the course, but at the same time, it is a subject to a niche site is subject to risk, risk from Google algorithm updates, even niche site project, right? So even my internet marketing blog is subject to this Google algorithm changes, which seem to be random. And I mean, it it makes, it almost makes no sense. I didn't do anything to my site yet. Traffic goes up and down for no apparent reason. You, You win some, you lose some, but I didn't do shit. You know, it's kind of weird. Next, the other part is with niche sites, um, ad rates can go down if you have display ads. We've seen this with the COVID-19 pandemic. And then, of course, Amazon changed their affiliate rates. So you could definitely spread the risk and have more monetization sources. Definitely super helpful. But the other part is, you know, me teaching what I know. Number one, I enjoy it. Number two, it definitely levels the risk out a little bit. So if I have an email list and then I'm able to teach people what I'm doing, you have more interaction with me. I mean, I actually put out a ton of free content to the point where it's potentially, I mean, people have emailed me and said, this free content on YouTube is better than the paid courses that I've taken in the past. So, I mean, I put out a lot of free content, but it is a way for me to de-risk a little bit by having courses. Plus it is a little bit, not always, but it's often more interesting. So I've been doing the same sort of niche sites and the processes for years. And it is a little more challenging to create a product and sell a product than to create new sites. So it's kind of more interesting work and it can vary quite a bit. I know I know it seems sexy to have many, many of these sites, but at the same time, it's like more overhead. There's more admin. Every time you add a site on, there's more work to go along with it. And, you know, with that, there's, again, still risk. And yeah, so I I will probably be looking at some more courses. And the fact is people have been asking me for courses in certain subjects, and I kept pushing it off. I kept pushing it off for a long time. So I have several ideas. There's uh, email marketing and I'm drawing a blank on some of the others. Email marketing, what to do uh, basically if you end up 
in a spot where you're like, okay, I have a site and it's been stagnant. What are some things I can do to reinvigorate and get more traffic and increase my earnings? And actually, let me let me pop open my list of ideas because there's a lot of good ones, I think. Starting a YouTube channel, maybe a podcast, hiring a group of writers or a team of writers, things like that. So things that I've sort of talked about, but I don't really give a very good step-by-step process. So I have a few ideas out there and we'll see You know what sticks. I, I'm sure a few of them are probably not going to have as much interest as I expect, but it's all, it's all part of the process. You know, like I said, this stuff's pretty challenging and that does make things interesting. So anyway, I will leave it at that for today. Thanks again to Anthony for sharing the success story. Don't forget, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show, if you do want to hear more from Anthony or if you have specific questions. And then thanks to Fed for sending in some of those questions and just email, emailing me in general. So if you want to help me out, uh, several people have been emailing me this, tell a friend about the show. So that's kind of the way uh, I've arrived at spreading the word and it seems to be working. It happens one by one, alluding back to the fact of, I'm not really in a rush here, but um, yeah, if you could tell one or two people, that'd be great. And word of mouth is kind of the way this thing's going to spread. So I got to rely on you and hopefully you're getting value from this podcast or at least enjoying it just a little. So have a great day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.